Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey Nuggets fans, Ryan Blackburn here. Wanted to give you an intro to this episode of Nuggets Numbers This will be part one of three parts over the course of the next three days. I recorded a great podcast with Brandon Anderson. We talked about the Anthony Davis trade in part one, ramifications for the Lakers, Pelicans, and Nuggets, and the rest of the NBA. Uh, Part two, we're going to talk and go deep into the NBA draft that's on Thursday. Going to have a really good time with that. And then part three, talk about the Nuggets in general. Have a lot of great thoughts from Brandon on some of those uh, some of those topics. He's a very he's an expert in the NBA draft. Has spent a lot of time over the course of the last few months going into depth on a lot of these guys. And he has a lot of knowledge. He's a uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So give him a follow. Without further ado, here's Nuggets numbers. Welcome to Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday on this wonderful day, three days before the NBA draft. I am here with a special guest, writer for Medium and uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fan, a good friend of NBA Twitter, Brandon Anderson, at Wheaton Brando. Brandon, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? It's been a huge NBA weekend. It has. It has. We we are recording this on Sunday night. This will drop Monday morning before your daily commute. Uh, Anthony Davis is a Laker, man. This is uh, this is kind of crazy. It's a real thing that has actually happened. You know, we thought we were going to get our one week to catch our breath between the finals and the draft, and instead we just got taken over by Anthony Davis. It's insane. I... I never really pictured it happening, but when it finally did, the like Twitter just basically exploded. I was hanging out with my family at the time, and I literally had to step away for about 30 minutes to an hour just to catch up on everything and see what the draft pick situation looked like. Uh, we'll talk about all of that and more, but... Uh, first, a little bit about Brandon. You've been you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, highly knowledgeable about the NBA and the NBA draft. Uh, you've been putting out some great articles on the draft prospects over the last few weeks. That's something that everybody should check out. I think I'll I'll try and link your most recent piece to the, the body of this podcast. So everybody go check out Brandon's work. I think that he's one of the best draft analysts on Twitter right now. So just make sure to check him out. Uh, as for what we're going to cover today, I uh, want to talk about the Anthony Davis trade because it really does have ripples around the NBA. Uh, going to talk about the ramifications for the Lakers and the Pelicans, talk about, about stuff for the Nuggets and for the Western Conference. Then I want to get into the NBA draft because, like I said, it's about three days away. Uh, the Nuggets don't currently have any picks, but that may change on draft night or sooner. We'll just have to see what happens. 
Um, I want to get Brandon's in- info and insight on some of the top draft prospects in this class. And we'll get in some to some Zion Williamson talk because I think he's one of the most interesting draft prospects we've had in a long time. Uh, then to wrap it up, just some Nuggets general opinions of how, how good Brandon thinks they are and, and where they should go from here. So, Brandon, you ready to get started? Let's do this. I'm ready. Awesome. So, Anthony Davis, that's probably the the big starting point of everybody's podcast over the course of this weekend. Uh, everything going to draft drop going to drop on Monday morning is going to start with Anthony Davis. And I'm not going to start with the Lakers because I think that that's boring. I kind of want to start with the Pelicans. But first, what were your first reactions to the deal when it happened? Uh, were you surprised or or what kind of was your general impression? Yeah, so I had a similar experience as you. I was actually at a church event. Uh, we, we had a couple uh, friends were graduated high school, and so I'm at a graduation party, and I was just kind of getting ready to, to head out. I pull out my phone to just check on the time real quick, and I'm not expecting anything much, and all of a sudden I noticed my notifications are just like lit up with all the trade news, and I, I had a similar experience too. I wasn't smart enough to step out. And so I think I just like blacked out from the party for like a solid 30 minutes. Like I'm just like on my phone, scrolling, clicking Twitter, texting, trying to figure out like, okay, you know, I saw the players right away, but what are the picks? Did anything else go from New Orleans? And, you know, there's, I I look up every now and then there's like conversations happening around me. No one seems to notice that I'm completely ignoring the world. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep trying to figure this thing out. So it, <laughs> the, it was uh, wild. The, the, the idea of blacking out, I think, is, is a really good concept for this kind of event. Because this is really a, a league-shattering kind of event. How many times in the NBA are two top ten players paired on the same team? Uh LeBron James obviously not in his prime anymore, but Anthony Davis is, what, 25, 26? He's mm-hmm. going to have a great six or seven years probably of his career, and, and that's probably the best possible chance that LeBron can get a championship. But more on the Pelicans, let's let's go with them. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Pelicans' deal in this situation? Do you think that they got a good value? Yeah, so, I mean, whenever you're trading a superstar, you know, and, and few stars as good as Anthony Davis ever get traded, I mean, he is just an elite talent. He, he could be one of the most talented big men we've ever seen and still probably is still getting a little bit better. And uh, so any trade like that, you want the star player. So obviously, you know, you always hear the you don't trade a dollar for several quarters. But in this case, it's like, okay, clearly Davis was out. Disappointing for me because I really want to see Holiday and Zion and Davis play together. Yeah. I honestly feel like that was going to be this, like, filthy defensive team. And um, I'm not totally convinced yet that his new team will be better. We'll get back to that. Uh, but but it, clearly he was done. And so for an asset with such depreciated value, you know, Think of this trade and think of like so many other recent trades, the Butler deal, you know, deals, and the Paul George trade and the Boogie trade. Like every time one of these trades comes out, our collective reaction is, oh, that's it? Yeah. Like every time it comes, it's like, oh, wait, they got like one kind of good player that was recently extended that maybe could be better. 
and a young player and like the 20th pick sweet <laughs> and every time it's like yeah okay we clearly know who won that deal and it doesn't always work out that way you know Oladipo came through and uh you know Boogie didn't work out and Buddy Heels looking pretty good as they got him um with this deal it didn't feel like that at all with this deal my immediate reaction was holy crap that is a whole lot of haul that the Pelicans just pulled in and it's, it's really it's the picks that did it yeah. You know, we, we've seen them talk all season ad nauseum about Lonzo and Ingram and Hart. Um, and, and I think those are nice pieces. And we've seen plenty of Lakers players leave the team and succeed elsewhere. So I, I have hopes for, for those guys. I've been a Lonzo believer. and I really like Josh Hart. Um, Ingram, I'm less high on, but certainly a, a change of scenery and a place where we can have the ball a little bit more will be helpful. But then I just kept, like, refreshing Twitter all night. Like, okay, what are the picks? What are the picks? Like, number four is super valuable, even in, in a weaker draft. But then, you know, the reports from Ramona Shelburne and everyone kept coming out. Oh, there's, you know, multiple first-round first, first round picks coming. And then later on, suddenly, and Tim Bontemps is reporting there's pick swaps coming. And uh, they might control the Lakers draft the next seven years. And it's just like, what is going on? Like, did the, did the Lakers just pull a Brooklyn Nets and like put everything in on and and just trade everything else away on the bet that this is going to work and it's Davis and it's LeBron so seems like a sensible bet to make if you're them I get it but man the Pelicans got a haul they 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 didn't trade a dollar for a few quarters but it kind of feels like they they traded you know a dollar for like three quarters and then three or four dimes and it turns out that's worth more than a dollar <laughs> yeah i was just about to say it it almost sounds like if you're if you're comparing davis to the dollar then they got five quarters in return or something absurd uh all of those pieces could really turn out to be something special uh you never know with lonzo or brandon ingram or josh hart kind of seems like the traditional borderline top 10 shooting guard at his ceiling which is fine. That's exactly what you need as a kind of a role player on a championship team. But that's probably somebody that the Lakers could have really used in this scenario, and they decided to keep Kyle Kuzma instead. Uh, that that I'm a little bit concerned about for them. But Brandon Ingram, I, I do actually like Brandon Ingram. I think Lonzo can go either way just kind of based off of uh, some of the extenuating circumstances that come with him and – and his ability to shoot next to a player like uh, Zion and, and Drew Holiday is not a great floor spacer either. Brandon Ingram doesn't space the floor much at all. So it's it's a weird fit, but there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of guys that could be a, a third best player on a championship team. And we'll talk about Zion a little bit later. Uh, but I think that this grades out really well for them. The pick swaps are really juicy. Uh, LeBron may have retired or moved to a different team by the time that a lot of those pick swaps are coming in. So uh, Anthony Davis hasn't signed with the Pelicans yet or with the Lakers yet. So you never know. He, he could hate the situation that he's in and decide to walk. It's probably not going to happen, but he, it, it's they left that open for possibility. Well, and the thing that, that makes the trade really hard to evaluate and, and what makes it feel like it actually can be win-win for, for both teams, which we, we often call trades that, and they really aren't. You know, it's like you yeah. want the star player or you want the top peg. Well, we, we know 
whatever is the top asset, everyone knows the top asset, and that side usually wins. That's how the NBA works. What, what's weird in this trade is that the Pelicans traded away one year of Anthony Davis. They weren't getting any more, and he was walking. That's very clear. But the Lakers traded for lots of years of Anthony Davis. Like, they, they really only got one year, and he could walk away. But we've seen for, like, several years now that all signs pointed to him coming there. And, right. you know, I, I have my doubts about whether, you know, I mentioned the Brooklyn deal earlier. There's also a little bit of shades of Carmelo Anthony here where he just wanted to go to the Knicks and forced his way there in a trade and inadvertently ended up on this, like, shell of a team because the Knicks traded away all their prospects in order to get him. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, Anthony Davis could have just waited a year and then gone and signed with the Lakers, and they would have had all these players still, and LeBron, and Davis. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit different because LeBron is not getting any younger, and losing a year with LeBron is a pretty big deal. It's why they should have maybe made this offer last spring because, then you know, for all we know, the, La- the Lakers might be champions right now. With yeah. the way the Warriors season came to an end, and, you know, the window didn't seem to be open. But the window might have been open, and maybe they walk in as like a six or seven seed somehow, and you never know. The bracket was open this year, even though we didn't think it would be. So the windows are there, and you have to take them. But but the trade evaluation gets tricky because the Lakers feel like, okay, if we let Davis go to the Celtics or to wherever else he might get traded, he might not come here. So we're trading for one year, but we're, we're trading to make sure we get to keep him. Whereas the Pelicans are just selling an asset that, you know, like, what what's the best? So they keep him this year and play it out. You know, maybe he's just awesome with Zion, and then he decides to stay. But I, I feel like that ship has sailed. So probably they maybe win one round, and then he leaves anyway. So it's, it's crazy to evaluate because... The, the Anthony Davis on each side of the equation is different, you know, and the, the the Davis that the Lakers feel like they're getting is the one you said, the seven years of Davis, and the Davis that the Pelicans are trading is this last one year with a pretty limited ceiling, and I feel like that's what ultimately made the trade work for both sides. No, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Uh, like you said, and like like we kind of every, everybody has kind of been saying this, the Pelicans seem to have done really well uh, from their perspective. All they really need is to fill up a center spot, which they could either trade for a guy or sign a guy in free agency. Maybe they'll draft somebody at fourth overall. Maybe it's Goga Bidatse. I don't know, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. I think that's actually a pretty good spot for somebody like Kelly Olynyk or Frank Kaminsky in a trade. Uh, just as a bad contract that they could uh, that they could absorb, and then that guy could start and space the floor for those other guys for twenty five minutes a game. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm interested and intrigued with that team. They're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's turn it more to the Lakers now. 2019-2020 Lakers. Uh, you've got LeBron on the roster. You've got Anthony Davis on the roster. Does that alone make them championship contenders, or do you think they need a little more? So, right now, with what just happened in the last week, I think that alone makes them championship contenders because everything changed in Game 5 and 6. 
And with respect to Toronto, and let's just say it out loud, the Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. Hallelujah. No asterisk needed, and what what an incredible performance by the team. I don't think I even said the words Toronto Raptors in this <laughs> podcast for the first 14 minutes after that's something that happened on Thursday. <laughs> You're literally the thing that all of the rest of this is for. It's unbelievable. It goes. We just move, move right on to the Davis trade and the draft and free agency and summer league. And, you know, it's great. But but we, we dare not forget that was the whole point. And, yeah. and But with respect to the Raptors, them winning isn't what changed everything. The Durant and the Clay injuries are what changed everything because Kawhi could – you know, go back with the Raptors. I think that's definitely in play now. And I think if he does, they ought to open as the favorites. But they're not going to be the favorites that the Warriors would have been. Um, and even as it was starting to look like, even a Durantless Warriors, even if Durant would have gone, what we were seeing from Clay and Draymond and staff was like, oh, yeah, these guys won 73 games. They're still pretty good. They were unbelievable. And, it was awesome to watch. And, and even if Durant had left, uh, which I really thought that he was gone. I, I now I'm not so sure, and the injuries change all of the, all of the calculus there. But even if he had left, you know, the, they were going to get something, someone to come in and fill that role, and um, they, they would have been the favorites. They had to have been the favorites. And now it's like I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember quite how we felt in 2015 with the Warriors' first championship, uh, but if not that year. It, this might be the first time since like 2010 or nine, you know, almost a decade where we just don't know who the favorite is supposed to be. You know, we, we're so used to having the LeBron heat and then the Curry warriors as just this like behemoth that is, you know, it's one versus 29 and let's, let's see what everyone can pull off. It's really weird to have this wide open NBA and I feel like that is really what pushed the Lakers to be like, all right, we, we, we might only even have a one-year window because, you know, Clay and Durant might come back and stay on the Warriors after that. Heck, they might be back by the playoffs for all that we know. Uh, but right now, I think we have this crazy wide-open one-year window, and it's going to galvanize teams like the Lakers – not the Celtics, apparently, who will save their chips forever. But everyone else is galvanized now to say, look what Kawhi just did. The Raptors went all in, and there's not a person in Toronto that will be upset. You know, if, if Kawhi leaves, they'll wish that he had stayed. But there's not a person there that's like, ah, oh, man, I wish we just would have DeMar for a couple more years rather than what they just got to experience. So the, the LeBron and Anthony Davis... I mean, there's no better pair out there. I, I don't know how they work together. Um, I, I was thinking about, I'm a little bit bummed that I've been hoping and waiting for LeBron to, to play some small ball center at some point. <laughs> like, I just, I want to yeah. see him as, like, the fully realized Draymond Green. And also, I don't want to see him because that is just terrifying. I feel like he would just wreck teams if he would do that. And, like... It's weird to me that the Lakers have essentially a three-man roster, and I feel like LeBron is not a three anymore, so he's playing at the four, and Kuzma, I feel like, is best at the four, and Anthony Davis wishes he was a four. He clearly isn't now. He's going to have to play center there, um, but 
it's it's weird to me that Kuzma was the guy that they decided to make untouchable. He's the oldest one of their four young guys and the one that seems to fit the least with this new team. Uh, you could argue that maybe Ingram fits less. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Lonzo and Hart both would have been really good pieces on this team right now. Yep. Um, and it, it's going to be interesting. They... They, you know, just LeBron and Anthony, just LeBron is enough to be the favorite right now. The Lakers might have been the favorite anyway because we've seen what LeBron can do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know what the team will look like yet, but they're certainly the favorite right now, I think. Well, uh, burying the lead a little bit, do you think that the Nuggets should have gotten involved in the Anthony Davis trade? Yeah, so I saw that report that came out earlier today and – um, that that the Nuggets were had you know thought about it, but never didn't seem like they went too far down the path. It sounds like Jamal Murray was the asking price, and that seems fair to me. Sounds like that was also where the conversation ended, which also seems fair to me. Um, I, I feel like if I'm the Nuggets, I don't know a I don't know what it looks like to have Davis uh, and and Jokic play together. I'm not positive that I love that as the greatest pairing. I'm sure they would figure it out just fine, but I don't know that it's the best way to maximize two players like that. And yeah, I just, I feel like Denver is not the team to look at this altered landscape and be like, okay, we're this close to being the champions. We need to throw all our chips in for this one year window. Not necessarily meaning that they're not a one-year window well I, I guess to say I don't know that I really feel like Denver is going to win the championship this year even with one star player changing it but I feel really good about Denver's long-term trajectory and I think they do too and should and I feel like they didn't want to mess that up you know not only do we not really know who's going to win this year in the NBA but there aren't a ton of teams that are set up really strong for these long runs right now. And I feel like Denver has to be easily like a top five, you know, three years from now sort of team. Uh, other than Millsap, everyone is basically still there and still getting better. And I, I don't fault them for not wanting to break that core up. Yeah, like you said, I, I think you actually alluded to this really well earlier. The Lakers were paying for the next six to seven years of Anthony Davis. The Nuggets would not have been. They would have been paying for one year of Anthony Davis, and I think they made the determination that Jamal Murray was worth more than that one year. So I think you're right. I think that that makes a lot of sense. If they had any inkling that Davis would stay, then I think the conversation changes. But from the report, from things that I've heard, it just doesn't sound like that was the case. So good on them for drawing the line and not being asset hungry for for two stars. But like I said, um, it, it's, it's pretty impressive to be pairing LeBron and Anthony Davis together. Um, the list of teams with two top 10 players on the roster over the past decade is pretty small. Uh, you have the Warriors over the past few years with da- with Durant and Curry. You have the Rockets. I, th- I think you can count James Harden and Chris Paul uh, a couple of years ago, but that was for just one year. Uh, you have the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Thunder, 
And then you have the Le- the LeBron and Dwayne Wade heat. So I can't come up with any others that are really close to those two ta- to those four tandems and two of those four teams won rings and the only teams that the two teams that didn't win rings the Rockets and the Thunder were stopped by the Warriors. So it's uh it's pretty important to have two top 10 players on the roster and the success rate is generally pretty high when you do. To me, it sounds like the Lakers have have looked at that. They've looked at the rest of their roster. They decided, no, we're gonna we're gonna commit to two top ten player model, and we're going to try and build around them a little bit. And as long as we can build a functional roster around them, which is still up in the air, by the way, uh, that they may not be able to do it. But I, honestly, they may be able to get a third star, and they're trying to get a third star. Um. So, so let's talk about the, the Lakers roster a little bit, because I'm kind of curious, you know, it's obviously just speculation now, but assuming that they actually can find a way to get max room, and we won't get into all the, the machinations of that, but obviously Kawhi is the top pick, but I don't really feel like Kawhi is going there. Me neither. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it doesn't seem like him, and I feel like I could see him stay in Toronto, I could see him go... Like to the Clippers would make a lot of sense to me. That's what I've expected all year. Um, I don't see it in LA, and it, it's you know who's gonna you're not gonna turn away Kawhi playing with LeBron and Davis, but it's just a, it's a weird roster, and their guards would be so rough, and it would be fine, I'm sure, but I just don't see it. They're, they're so, honest. There honestly might be too much star power on that kind of roster when you put when yeah. you put together LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi. That, that feels more like an all-star roster than anything. And and the Warriors were able to make it work because they have guys that are willing to play off ball. But are you, are you really going to play Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James off ball when Anthony Davis wants a post-touch? Like, that's uh, and, and then you've got Kyle Kuzma there, so is Kawhi Leonard playing the two? Uh, it's uh, it's a little bit dangerous for sure. Yeah, but okay. I mean, let's, let's be clear: they would win the championship. They would figure it out. It's too much talent not to. <laughs> hey, but, hey. but also, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. to, to me, the interesting question is: you know, it's the Lakers. So we we know how these star teams go. We know how LeBron builds teams. It's not going to be like, oh, they made a nice $8 million signing here and $10 million there, and they picked up four good rotation players. That's not how this works. They're going to sign the starriest star player they can get. And I feel like it's either Kyrie or Kemba or Jimmy Butler. And Butler, to me, doesn't make sense for a lot of the same reasons that we just said about Kawhi. He can play the two, so it makes a little bit more sense. But... It's the one I'm hoping for as a Lakers hater. I feel like LeBron and Butler deserve each other. Uh, as a Timberwolves and Bulls fan, we'll just leave it there. Man. I don't know how I feel about Jimmy Butler. That's rough. Um, but uh, Kemba or Kyrie, I mean, we've seen LeBron. We know how his teams work. Those guys are perfect next to him. Either one of them would just make this team dynamic and so good and really tough to beat, no matter who the rest of the roster is. So... I feel like getting one of those guys to be able to be, you know, the 1A or 1B handler, whichever it is with LeBron, and then be able to, you know, both those guys are knockdown shooters, and there's going to be plenty of space for them with LeBron attacking and the lob threat to Davis, and man, that would be, you know, know, Kyrie is much better than Kemba. Kemba's maximized his talent, and he's gotten better every single year. 
Um, but either one of those guys, I feel like, just makes this Lakers team like darn near unbeatable, no matter what other players they put around them. Yeah, to be clear, I agree. I think that when you do that, like all you have to do is find a bargain bin shooting guard who can serve as a shooter. Uh, he'll never touch the ball other than when he has to shoot it from the from the corner. So we'll be we'll see what happens with that. And and I think that either of those guys would make them the the clear championship. Uh, uh, what am I saying? The, not the not the runner up, but the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I'll even go as far as to say. I think that if the Warriors stayed healthy and still had Durant and and then this team formed and you throw on Kyrie or Kemba with them, I think at the very least you'd have to consider the Lakers as like co-favorites to that Warriors wow. team. So um, you have... I mean, I, I would pick the Warriors until we see more from them, but but just to say like that's that's the level of what putting those three caliber players together would look like i think healthy steph healthy clay healthy kd draymond versus let's say kyrie irving lebron anthony davis man that's a that is a showboat bout of a yeah. of a seven game series right there so that would be really fun uh Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, I think, like you said, both of those guys would make them a third, like, would make them clear contenders. Uh, hypothetically, let's say they don't get either of those guys. Let's say Kemba makes good on his promise to to stay in Charlotte. He'll even take less than the max in order to stay there. Let's say Kyrie's set on going to Brooklyn. Maybe he takes Jimmy Butler with him. Maybe they go to New York. Um what is the next step for the Lakers at that point? Or do you have any other free agents, like kind of the B tier of free agents that you think would yeah. fit well there? Yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know if he would go, but I think Chris Middleton would be awesome, uh, would would fit seamlessly and provide a lot of that same stuff that he, he would obviously fill the shooting role and, you know, you just kind of flip it and find a role player point guard and, you know, maybe Rondo comes back or just some other, some veteran, hopefully someone I can shoot a little bit more. Um, but I could see Middleton fitting well if he decides to leave Milwaukee and uh, he, he could potentially be a sub-max player as well, though I think at this market he's probably going to get it somewhere. Right. Um, but it, definitely when, when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the table, guys are going to think about sacrificing some dollars. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Kemba or Middleton or someone like that, you know, leave a little bit of money off the table if they needed to. Um, I'm not even thinking about Clay Thompson as an option because obviously he's out for the year anyways, and that, that just makes me sick. So we'll just move on from that. But uh, I don't know. I, I could see, you know, JJ Redick would be a great fit, just adding a veteran shooter. Um, he's definitely the sort of guy that, uh, you know, in chase of a ring, and a chance to, to come and play with those guys. I could see him coming in at a discount, maybe. Um, I could see maybe like Goran Dragic, uh, just as kind of a that's a an interesting name veteran point guard and add some shooting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there are options. Um, I don't know if that's the sort of team Danny Green would play on, but I think we've all seen now the value that he brings, and especially as a, a role player on a, on a great team. So there, there are definitely players out there. There are other, you know, lower-end veterans, um, a Darren Collison or, 
you know, there, there are a lot, there are a lot of guys that can do some shooting and, you know, the, 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 the top free agents cost as much as they do because they do everything. Well, when you have LeBron and Davis already, you don't really need everything. You right, can just right. pick, you know, one guy that shoots and another guy that plays great defense. And you're like, all right, we'll do the rest of the stuff. Yeah. And you can kind of make it work. You know, uh, you mentioned J.J. Redick. Uh, another guy that I think I'd throw out there is Malcolm Brogdon as a guy oh, yeah, who, a great one. who might be a – Oh, he would be an excellent fit with LeBron because he can play off ball. He can play on ball. He'd run the pick and roll with Anthony Davis really well. Uh, he might be a little bit cheaper, but maybe the Bucks aren't able to afford him because they gave Eric Bledsoe $70 million uh, and they want to keep Chris Middleton around or, or Brooke Lopez or guys like that. Uh, that would be a good way to poach a guy from a contender. So, uh, well, Looking down the list, too, I also see like – uh, Patrick Beverly and Corey Joseph. Sure, those yeah. guys absolutely could start on that on that sort of a team just to play pesky defense and kind of play an off-ball role essentially. Let the other guys have the ball, hit the jumper when they're open. Like I absolutely could see either one of those guys playing, you know, starting in the NBA Finals if if they're on that sort of a team. So to be clear, the the Lakers have options now. They they can they can go get a third star if they so choose if they can if they can get it and that's probably the right course of action. Or they could go get some minor free agents or not minor but like B tier C tier free agents who are not going to take as much money but would like to go compete with the championship and to play with LeBron James in the the twilight of his career, which I think makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. So. There are definitely options there. Uh, if they sign a third star, how concerned would you be in, with the depth and given that a lot of those guys have some injury issues? Yeah, I mean, it's a concern for sure, but it, it's the same sort of concern that was a concern for the Warriors, which, as it turns out, should have been a big concern this year because yep. suddenly all the depth was playing in the finals. You know, Jonas Jerebko was, like, putting up minutes. I'm like, what is happening? How is this? Like, you know, the championship on the line, and it's the fourth quarter, and what is this lineup? But that's because, like, the entire Warriors roster got injured, and that was the trade-off that they made. And that's, the, you know, that will be the case with the Lakers. Like, they're going to find some veterans, and and don't forget with LeBron teams, the roster that we see in September is not the team that's playing in the playoffs next year. There's always a couple trades, and he always gets the the, uh, the buyout guys, too. So, you know, there are guys that will not be available right now as options, but 2016 was that big, awful free agency spending, and all of those deals are going to be finally coming off the books next year. I think there's going to be a lot of buyout guys, and so suddenly you're going to get another couple of veterans showing up on the Lakers roster, and... You know, we, we've kind of seen how LeBron teams are built. You get the few stars, you get a couple role players, and then you pick up some pieces along the way, and it's LeBron. So it's usually enough. Like, he'll he'll, he'll find the pieces, and by he, I mean LeBron and not Rob Palenka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that feels very real at this point. Uh, uh, Rich Paul basically organized the entire deal, so... It's uh, it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out. Uh, if you had to predict it right now, are the Lakers the Western Conference champions in 2019-2020? Right now at this moment, that would have to be my pick. Wow. My, how the tables turn, man. It's uh, it's <laughs> crazy how 
like even when they give up as much as they do, their future may be kind of torched down in the in the next four to seven years. But like, it's going to be really interesting to see how they can build around a guy like Davis going forward. Uh, if LeBron's going to stay with them going forward, I think that's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for a team like the Nuggets. How do you? How well do you think the Nuggets match up with the Lakers right now? Well, you know, it's it's hard to say that because the Lakers literally would have to start like Isaac Bonga and Mo Mo Wagner. Yes, like they literally have five players on their team. Going with the Bonga so. hype, man. That's uh, <laughs> that was the guy. So, you know, was... I think the Nuggets match up with them pretty well right now. In that, like, <laughs> you know. They might have to bring back Magic to play a few minutes or something. Let's let's say they um, get Kemba Walker and and they fill sure. it out with like, uh, I don't know, Kentavious Caldwell Pope level shooting guard or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's it's a decent matchup. You know, like it, it's I feel like Millsap has usually held his own against LeBron as a defender. Um, not so much on the other end, and we won't bring up all those Hawks years. I'm sure he'd like to forget those playoff runs. I think so, um, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of people would question uh, Jokic's ability to, to hang defensively against such a good athlete like Davis. But I think that we also just watched a playoff where he seemed to be just fine. Like he, he was, you know, just unbelievable in the playoffs. And uh, certainly, I feel like he did more in the playoffs this year than Anthony Davis has ever done. So, you know, I'm not sure that would be the advantage most people would assume it would be. LeBron is LeBron, so there's, you know, you can mute him a little bit, but... Um, I think Denver could hold their own at center. I think they could hold their own at point guard, even with a Kemba brought in. Um, I like, you know, the Denver home court. I like the depth that you guys bring, and uh, just the team is really versatile. There's a lot of different sort of looks that you can give. Um, so it, it's a it's a matchup that makes sense as much as any would make sense right now. It's still LeBron and Anthony Davis, so you know I feel like that's the pick. But I think that it's it's a team that you know they could hang in there. It's going to be interesting. I think Denver kind of reminds me of the Toronto Raptors in this scenario with uh, with the Lakers being the Golden State Warriors. I think that the the Lakers in that situation would probably have to sustain at least a minor injury to one of their core stars. Uh, Jokic was awesome. Don't get me wrong. He was he was really really great and and it was a joy to watch him, but he was being defended by LaMarcus Aldridge, Jakob Pertl, Inez Cantor, uh Zach Collins. Anthony Davis is just a different beast. He he would provide a lot more athleticism, a lot more length, quickness, agility on that end. And then on the other end, you've got LeBron James coming downhill at him and then Anthony Davis with the ability to finish over the top and pick and roll. So I I would be a little concerned and I think Nuggets fans should be a little bit concerned about that. It's going to be uh going to be really interesting to see how they do with that situation. So I think that Denver would need another guy. I don't think Millsap would be the LeBron defender in this scenario. I don't think that he is quick enough. Although LeBron has slowed down a little bit in recent years. Um uh, I think Denver needs another quality wing defender, and there aren't that many cheap quality wing defenders out there. 
Um, you've got guys like Damari Carroll, uh, but Trevor Ariza, I guess. But other than that, I mean, none of those guys really scare LeBron James when he's in playoff mode. So I think you probably got to go for a guy like Chris Middleton in that scenario. And that probably either it either forces you to get rid of both Will Barton and Mason Plumley, or you have to let go of Paul Millsap, in which case, it, is it really even worth it at that point? So lots of questions for Denver to answer against the Lakers. I do think Denver would be able to score against them. I'm not sure Davis is the best uh, team defender in this scenario. I think he's a pretty good one-on-one defender, but I think as the Pelicans showed, uh, he's not a great team defender or not like the defensive defensive player of the year team defender that he once was. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And it's hard to know that for sure because – you know, they just weren't any good this year, and they didn't have a lot of help outside of Holiday. You know, Holiday's defense looked a lot worse this year, too, and I think that everyone agrees he's one of the elite guard defenders. Um, so, so, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say be, just because there were so many complicating factors, and, I mean, he quit on the team. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, true. I mean, maybe that's a little bit hard saying it that way, though I don't know, but you can call his spade a spade any otherwise, but... But, like, defense is the first thing to go. Like, if, if you're not locked in and bringing it every night, then the defense isn't going to be good. And the defense can't just be made from Holiday and Davis. Like, in the NBA, your offense is as, as good as your best player and your defense is as bad as your worst player. So, you know, I think with the Lakers getting the right pieces around them um, it will be important because – I can see it now. We're going to get to, like, game 50 next year. And let's say they have Kemba, not a great defender. He tries, but he's small, and there's just not a lot he can do. LeBron plays defense in May and June, and so he's not going to be really given full effort. And, you know, Davis, like we're saying, will will be kind of adjusting to new team defense and playing more center minutes. And I can see us getting there and being like, I don't know. I don't know about these Lakers. Their, Their defense is only number 16 in the league. Uh, we know what happens. Like LeBron starts playing defense when it gets to the games that matter, and you know Davis's defense will be valuable in his versatility. And um, yeah, I think they'll play like he always did in Cleveland. They'll play enough defense. That's that's. Exa- so, I was just thinking of that. It just sounded exactly like the last Cavs season. Uh, they were yeah, what twenty ninth in defense, thirtieth in defense, or whatever. They just they just yeah. gave it up, and then up. Oh, well, they're back in the NBA Finals. That's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it will be that bad, but uh, but I, I think we're we're gonna get something similar. And I don't think that the load management thing is gonna start happening to every team. But you know, the the Lakers aren't dumb, and LeBron's not dumb. He's going to play like 65 games and he's going to make sure Davis plays like 65, 70 games. And like if they end up being the four, five, six seed instead of the one or two seed, what do they care? You know, LeBron wins a road game every playoff series, uh, a couple usually. And like they're not going to care what playoff seed that they are. They're just going to get in and they're going to get in the playoffs with these two guys unless there's a major injury. And so they're going to you know, figure the lineup out and take care of their bodies and make sure they're ready for the 20, 25 games they expect to play next summer. Absolutely. So sounds like the Nuggets still have a little bit of work to do. All right. Well, that's, I think that's going to do it for part one of this episode. 
going to talk with Brandon a little bit about the NBA draft, some general Nuggets thoughts uh, going forward. We'll have that for you guys on Tuesday. Going to be really interesting, really excited for that, and uh, going to be a lot of fun going over the, the NBA draft stuff over these next few days. So uh, hopefully nothing new happens between Monday and Tuesday. So We'll see you guys on Tuesday and have a good day.